Welcome back to the Quiet Onset Podcast. I'm Ewan Graf and I'm joined by my good old friend, Lachlan Teeley. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. Thank you for introducing me as your good old friend. I do appreciate that. I yes, am, yes, yes. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready. Present, ready to go. And we got heaps of stuff coming up in today's show. Uh, we'll be talking about the trailer for Morbius and we'll unpack Disney Plus Day. Then we'll have a new iteration of Kelly's Bootleg Movie Corner plus reviews for Big Mouth Season 5, The Harder Day Fall, and Eternals. So if you want to skip around to whatever interests you, you can find those time codes in the description linked below. But before we get into the main part of the show, don't forget to drop those five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot, and maybe consider shouting the show out to a friend. Always goes a long way, and we appreciate the new listeners tuning in for the first time today. You can also join our Patreon, which is one buck a month. You become a PA, a personal assistant, and you get access to a bunch of bonus content that's really worth your while. So go check that out over on Patreon. Look on, let's just jump straight into it. That's really hard to say. And a look at uh, the new trailers for this week. And uh, first up, I want to talk about The Beach. Did you check out the trailer for The Beach? No, I completely forgot to, so I'm currently doing it as we speak. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Do it really I've also, <laughs> I've also just noticed there is a fucking cricket going absolutely off right Ape now. Shit. I can hear it. Jesus Christ. Can you hear it? I can hear it too, yeah. Oi! Fucking crickets, eh? <laughs> no, you're turning Irish. I cannot do an Australian accent. I'm so bad at this. Oh, crikey. Luckon is currently trying to find the cricket and where it might reside in his little shed that he lives in. And he's currently looking outside of his door, finding something to eliminate the cricket with. He is now knocking on the walls Can't like get a maniac. Shut the fuck up behind one of my wardrobes. Okay, the crazy thing is that this thing is inside of your room. <laughs> yeah, it just... You know? Oh, oh wait, no, I just that my fucking headphones make it sound like I can't hear it. Okay. <laughs> this is a perfect time for, to introduce today's sponsor, noise-canceling headphones to get rid of all the cricket sounds in your house. So, uh, yeah, Lachlan, have you seen <laughs> The Beach? That's okay, yeah, then uh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailer for it. Uh, yeah. I have no idea what the fuck I was watching. <laughs> hey, me neither. It's, hey. It's, uh, yeah. It's at least interesting because um, for those of you who haven't checked it out, uh, it is an A24 event. What do they say? It's, it's like a, a new type of uh, watching experience for all the senses. And it's basically a streaming event lasting seven days for uh, Thanksgiving week. And it seems like there's some time loop element to it. When I hear streaming, I immediately, my thoughts immediately go to, okay, it's going to be live streaming. But I guess it's just going to be a streaming event for that one week specifically. And I have no clue like how long this thing, like does it go for seven entire days of, or is it just available for seven days? A lot of bandwidth that I have to give up to watch this new movie thing. <laughs> well, just have to wait and see whatever this holds. Um, it's really cryptic at this point, but it did, uh, I mean, catch me off guard and, and caught my interest as well. So I'll keep this on the radar <laughs> because like, you know, whenever you can escape living in Switzerland where we don't have any beaches, I would gladly escape to one created by A24. Let's talk about vampires and more specifically Jared Leto as a vampire in Morbius. So mm. <laughs> let's also think about Jared Leto as a werewolf for a second. Ooh. Let's think of Jared Leto. The Venn diagram is just Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that trailer was so trailery. It and was very trailery, yeah. Uh -huh. I was like, wow, 
um, <laughs> I'm not any more interested in it than what I was to begin with. So to be look, look to be fair, how could they get you interested in this movie? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I Oscar don't think it's possible. Winning actor <laughs> Jared Leto. No, they should go in a different direction, and it's just like all TikTok and Instagram influencers starring in it, and uh, it's basically the Sony version of um, the She's All That uh, remake. We get like Addison Rae as like Morbius. Wow, that would be That's funny. Real- that would spark my interest. I would watch that. Who the fuck is Addison Rae again? <laughs> you still don't know. Still don't know who the fuck she is. She does the dances after she she bites you in the neck. You know oh, that right, could be a okay. trend. That could be definitely a TikTok trend. <laughs> <laughs> if Morbius hits big, maybe maybe we'll get that. Actually, at least the filter for it. Very exciting. But but yeah, uh, I don't think. I mean, it's a January release. They don't even have a set release date in January yet. They just know it's a January film. It's usually the dumping ground for not that great of films. Or maybe like sometimes um, there's, there's, a, there's a bleed of movies that had to come out right before the deadline uh, of the end of the year. So they are still in uh, for, uh, like up for Oscar consideration, at least in limited mm. release. But there's also like some good movies in January. It's not like they're all shit, but usually it's a bit of a dumping ground. And I feel like Morbius is kind of more along that side of, of movies. What's really exciting about Morbius, though, is obviously as Jared Leto is such a method actor, he he did let bats en- enter him, I guess, yeah. to get these powers. So this Robert is all Pattinson like could never. So yeah, th- there's no CGI in this movie. It's all it's all real. <laughs> mm-hmm. He 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 actually went and had surgery to disfigure his face to look like a bat. He he mm. he is just going all out in this method acting here. So it's I'm really excited to see, um, which is unfortunate because obviously, you know, now there's no nomination for best uh, makeup and, and hair and there's no best VFX nomination now because it's all done mm-hmm. real, in real life. Like like that's 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 what Jared Leto does to movies. He, he says, hey, wow. we're going to do this all practically. It is very inspiring to see uh, an actor have that kind of dedication, mm. you know. It actually took him 30 seconds to get to Mars. <laughs> 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 no, it's great. I I appreciate someone who can who can harass their castmates just for a movie role uh, that is kind of shit. So we'll see. Maybe he starts biting people, and he'll actually. <laughs> it would be very funny if he shows up like to to some these fancy gala events just like, as a fucking vampire. <laughs> I would really love to see that. But I guess we'll probably check out just for the fun of it, uh, Morbius when it releases in January. But uh, let's get to this week's, um, well, I guess kind of single story, including a plethora of different things. And that is a short recap of Disney Plus Day. And Lachlan, um, I was made aware that you weren't really, um, you know, having anything on the radar, maybe um, after the fact I was kind of checking out, okay, what was announced. And pretty much apart from, okay, these are like a, a ton, a really long list of new projects that we're working on. There were not really any trailers. We didn't get like a new look at uh, the Spider-Man movie that's about to come out. So it was mainly just like, this is, this is like a brand awareness day where we tell you that, look, there's a ton of content on Disney+. Plus. Apple TV+, Plus could never. We have so much Marvel, it is going to blow your socks off. So, yeah. What the fuck is Disney Plus day? It is some. <laughs> did you see uh, on Twitter uh, the the boys account um, VOD made a spoof of it where they um, did like VOD Plus and uh, VOD, VOD Plus Day and then they had like you know the really corporate like I represent this type of person and then it was associated with their their gender and their ethnicity and, stuff. <laughs> and it felt really really like okay you are encapsulating what this is exactly. 
uh, it's basically a day to promote their uh, shit, and a lot of like films um, were added onto Disney Plus on that day. I think Shang Chi just right. came to Disney Plus. Uh, Jungle Cruise, I think, or if it wasn't already, and um, yeah, just a lot of confirmed and ev- a few new announcements. Uh, the biggest thing probably is that the uh, X Men series from the '90s is getting a revival. It's coming out in 2023. It's called X Men. 97. I don't know if you ever watched any of that original 90s series because I haven't. No. Yeah, you neither. And um, they announced a spin-off for uh, Ag- Agatha from WandaVision called Agatha House of Harkness. I think we got like a, a few new looks at Armor Wars, uh, I, I Am Groot, Ironheart, uh, Loki Season 2. They're still confirmed they're doing Secret Invasion, um, a second season for What If, and they're doing even a spin-off, I think, for What If called Marvel Zombies. Got another like look at Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac and uh, Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. And there was a new series announced that's going to be a spin-off for a character that has, has not even yet debuted in the Hawkeye series called Echo. <laughs> and there's also an animated series called Spider-Man Freshman Year. So that's all the Marvel stuff that's coming. So there's, I think like a lot of it is 2022 and maybe into bleeding into 2023. But that's a lot of shows and content they, that they are currently producing. Is there anything, Lachlan, that uh, from those Marvel shows that it's, it's increasing at a rate where like we cannot keep up with like all of these, and it's definitely not needed because like it's a spin-off of a spin-off of a spin-off at, at this point. So, is there anything that that you are keen to see apart from Loki season two uh, that you are interested in? Moon Knight sounds good. Uh, I think Moon Knight looks quite cool. But I didn't see anything. I, I literally have no idea Disney Plus Day was a thing till now. So, hey, me neither. That, <laughs> just from hearing what you were telling me, uh, yeah, Moon Knight sounds cool. <laughs> Only because I like Oscar Isaac. <laughs> you just, yeah, I was about to say, you just heard me say like one cast member. <laughs> it was like, uh, we'll go with that one. No, I think Moonlight has the biggest potential as well to be interesting. Uh, Secret Invasion could also be good because that's going to star um, Samuel L. Jackson. And I'm also kind of keen for Spider-Man freshman year. I don't know. It's not the same studio. It's obviously Marvel and not um, Sony. I can't remember what the name of the studio is that made Into the Spider-Verse. But yeah, that could be good. Oh, um, Sony. And, yeah. Was hmm? it not? Was it not Sony Pictures? Sony Animations? Maybe. Whatever they call it. I thought they called Sony Animations. I just know that it's uh, by Phil Lord. And Phil Lord. Yeah. Production company, Sony. Yeah, I guess so, uh, Lord Miller. Yeah, it is just Sony Pictures Animation. Yeah, I thought that there was like some smaller... Uh, production company that was helming these better movies like Mitchell's nah. The Machines only reason, as well. Only reason I yeah. know of it is because literally as soon as I watched Spider-Verse, I googled the company and I was like, oh, it's just Sony Animated. Animation. They also so, made another masterpiece. And I was like, wow, they made the Emoji movie. Yeah. What a fucking stuff. piece of shit of a company that just turned <laughs> itself around. Well done. Well done. Yeah, great stuff. How to fix your company. Don't hire James Corden to voice act. Boom. Done. That's always just don't hire James Corden. Yeah. I feel like uh, that's a detriment to your your movie at all times. It's a stamp of disapproval when you see him amongst the cast. Uh, But we also got like one little bit for uh, Pixar. They are doing a series called Cars on the Road. So Cars 4 is not coming, but we are getting a show. And then just Disney stuff. They're currently working on Hocus Pocus 2, uh, Disenchanted, a film for Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers starring Andy Samberg and John Mulaney coming out in spring only on streaming we also got a movie called the spider wick chronicles i know there's going to be a show sorry not a movie oh 
They're doing a Spiderwick Chronicle show. I yeah, okay. You got to tell me about this because I did not Google because <laughs> I do not care. But what is Spiderwick? Spiderwick Chronicles is like a it's like a kids book. Right. Okay, that does make sense because like it it could be original, but it's definitely not because it's Disney. They did a movie uh, a few years back. Freddie Highmore, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Freddie Highmore, yeah, that's it. He's in it. And um, off the top of my head, Seth Rogen's also in it. He plays like a fucking pig or something. <laughs> okay. That sounds interesting. I mean, maybe I'll it is give a, it a watch. It is a kid's movie. So, yeah, yeah. like, that's that's the thing I'll say. It definitely is aimed at children. But, um, it's got, a, I mean, it's got a bit of heart to it. It, it is quite, it is quite good. Oh, yeah. So, hang on. Yeah. So, uh, Freddie Highmore. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Yep, Seth Rogen as Hog Squeal. There you go. (laughs) Ron Perlman's in it. Oh, he's uncredited Red Cat voice. Okay. That movie just got better for me because Ron Perlman's in it, apparently. We got an announcement for, I think this was already kind of hinted at. I've I've heard rumors about this before. Maybe it was even announced, but they just showed a bit more of it. Uh, The uh, Tiana series, a spinoff series from the character from The Princess and the Frog, which is a movie, a Disney movie I have not seen yet, but I guess that one's getting a series. And uh, Zootopia Plus, which will be a series of uh, short films set in the Zootopia realm and will follow a range of uh, different characters that I guess we kind of, you know, on the sidelines got to meet uh, in the Zootopia film a couple years back. So, okay, so someone who has no idea what Disney Plus Day (laughs) is, like me as well, because this was news to me that they do this. Maybe, I don't know if this was the second year that they did this. What do you think they should announce on a day like this and maybe as compared to what they did announce today? Or do you think they they did? They should announce that Walt Disney's frozen head has been reanimated and he has taken back control of Disney. As a cyborg? Yeah, as a cyborg. Bionic? That Disney has made so much money. And and then what happens is Walt Disney comes out and he goes, I would like to say that Endgame personally funded the last part of the research. All billion dollars, all X amount of billion dollars, because I can't remember how much I made. It was like $2 billion or something. And went straight into my bank and then uh-huh. straight into the research and development of bringing me back to life. He personally then thanks Robert Downey Jr. He, 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 thanks, um, he thanks the Russo brothers. Yeah, that's that's what they should announce on Disney Plus Day. I feel like the way that they should do it is have Je- uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, narrate it as well. And oh God. Uh, Walt Disney's headless body just walks up. He picks his 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 uh, head out of the frozen box, puts it on himself, like cracks it in, real Mark Zuckerberg like, and then turns to the camera and says, "We are in the end game now," and snaps his fingers. <laughs> that would be fucking terrifying. Jeez. <laughs> but I would eat it all up. That would be terrifying. They, they are playing it way too safe. I feel like if Disney had some fun, they could actually have fun. I feel like they are just expanding on already established IP. There's nothing really original, but I mean, that's Disney. They're not really doing that. But I guess for their company size and what they are aiming for, it's not really needed. But still, to me, like, I'm not looking to Disney to give me original content um, and something that I'm like then challenged or really, you know, interested by. It can't just be that kind of family friendly big company that uh, does whatever they do best, make a shit ton of money, and uh, yeah. Are just literally the king at the top of the hill. But yeah, there was also like some show that was announced that is starring Chris Hemsworth, where he does like, I think it's like something called oh, Limitless. Limitless. I yeah. saw the trailer for that one. That, that looked kind of dope. I thought it was going to be yeah. a, like a sequel or something to the Bradley Cooper Limitless. Limit- they already have a re- series re- called re- Limitless. And I was like, oh, right, cool, whatever. I guess they're going to reboot it. And then it ended up being like a little doco about uh, Chris Hemsworth getting more ripped essentially going down the path of tom cruise hey so how do we get more people to subscribe 
Like we've got a, we've got a big bias of men subscribed to Disney Plus. All right, cool. Women subscriptions go up by like a hundred percent because Chris Hemsworth takes up takes her shirt off now in this TV show, and you know a, a percentage of men as well also goes yeah. up. But like the the subscriptions for Disney Plus just increased by. It almost just went, it just shot up in a straight line, pretty much. Like the like, whole world just subscribed to Disney Plus all of a sudden. Jared Leto over uh, um, uh, on Mars was like, ooh, this is skyrocketing. And then 30 yeah. seconds later, he was back on Earth and was like, whoa. Whoa. Shit, it's really big, also from here. And he's getting DMs from Elon Musk being like, how the fuck did you do that, dude? <laughs> oh my God. I, I, want, I want Jared Leto to play. <laughs> it doesn't fit at all, but Elon Musk in like a biopic movie. <laughs> it's so bad. I really want to see that because it would be so terrible. But it would be also perfect. Just those fucking two dudes. Do you think you should play Jared Leto in a Jared Leto? Movie? Matthew McConaughey. I feel like he would oh. get the essence of him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they work together, so I guess you know that that makes that makes sense. They have, yeah. They were both in pff, movies <laughs> together. Uh, I think that AIDS one, maybe that they were yeah, both the in AIDS one. the AIDS one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club. The AIDS movie. Yeah. Exactly. The, like yes, said. the AIDS movie. It's the yes. movie. <laughs> Anyways, let's get to uh, the new releases uh, that are now available for you to see. Uh, on Wednesday, November 10th, um, Clifford the Red Dog became available over on Paramount Plus. And Passing is passing by, or actually staying on Netflix, so go check that one out. Um, on Friday, November 12th, we got Belfast over in cinemas in the U.S., Night Raiders on VOD and Red Notice, the Starfield cast with Gal Gadot, Drain the Rock Johnson, and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Did you? Oh my god, I feel like Dwayne the Rock has kind of exploded recently in the in the memosphere, I'd say. He exploded. <laughs> yeah, too many muscles, you know. Too many muscles. It's um, you know, he's devouring. He he has too much power and shit. <laughs> on um Friday, November 11th, we are also getting Come On, Come On. But actually, I shouldn't say we are getting because the two of us are not getting Come On, Come On on November nope. 19th. No, nope, sadly. I guess in the US, you are getting it. And uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is also coming out on November 19th. Again, uh, I feel like it's it's about that time for me. Uh, Lachlan, you're fucked. It doesn't come out for you. I've already seen it and I'll share my thoughts on it either next week or the week after. And then we also got King Richard over on HBO Max and in cinemas. Tick, tick, boom over on Netflix and The Feast on VOD. So for someone who is in the US who gets to see Ghostbusters and come on, come on, additionally to Tick, Tick, Boom and Rich, King Richard, I, I think also coming out on that same day is the Cowboy Bebop show and like some other stuff on Netflix that I just didn't put on here because it would be so overcrowded. But there's a shit ton of new content coming out uh, on this Friday. So... Uh, definitely uh, enough for you to keep busy watching stuff. If there's something strange in, in the neighborhood, neighborhood, come on, come on. Who are you going to call? King Richard. King Richard. Yeah. If there's something <laughs> weird and it won't look good, who are you going to call? Not Jada Smith because she was a dick to Will Smith. And I don't know how they're still together. The whole weird family complex. There's always something new coming out about that family. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on to uh, Kelly's on. bootleg movie corner. <laughs> oh, my favorite yes. part of uh, any is... episode now. Ooh, baby. She just dropped two new recordings for us. And, Brilliant. Well, uh, I would love to do just the two back to back, but uh, I don't know. I have, I have not even checked if the audio is good this time, Lachlan, because she just sent it to me. And right. just trying to confirm that I do not cheat on these. <laughs> okay, okay. Just like... Having that in. So I don't know if she's drunk for this one or not. But uh, yeah, this is the, the weekly show where our lovely co-host Kelly, currently residing over in Dublin for his studies, describes a movie to us. 
Sometimes she, she's drunk. Sometimes she's just really shit at it. And sometimes she gives us way too easy films to guess. So uh, we'll see what it will be this week. And uh, let's jump straight into it. Coming to you from Dublin, Ireland, it is your favorite cartoon set host named Callie. Is she turned into a vampire? Is that Jared Leto? One movie con. Uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> like literally what she's doing right now she's going further south and she's be uh, becoming Romanian maybe that oh no <laughs> anyways let's get back to it and that was my really bad impression of some kind of accent that isn't mine but we are back again with this time a sober sober recording she doesn't sound sober oh. though <laughs> bootleg movie corner is that what you called it yes that's what you called <laughs> it it is bootleg movie corner yes Good for knowing your no, own show, Kelly. Kelly picks a shit movie to tell us. No, I can't remember the show. I can't remember <laughs> Kelly, Kelly describes a shitty movie to us, I think. Shitty it's... movie described by Kelly in a shitty... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Even the title is shitty. Everything is shitty. Yeah. How have I been doing? Well, not great. I haven't been able to drink because I've been sick. <laughs> Thank you for the well wishes. Oh. No, you drink while you're on the cold and flu. It makes it way better. <laughs> yeah, it makes you tougher as well. That's just by like, the way, I don't the quite unsaid podcast it does not advise that you do that. Yeah, we are actually we're not we're, we're not doctors. Uh, yeah, we're advocating for abstinence actually in all type of types of ways, like not even alcohol. Wow. Also, wow. you know, sex and just social interactions. You should just go back to your box and you know take after Jared Leto and become a vampire wolf. Let's hope I get better soon. But I do have. Another movie, and this is actually something that I have seen probably over, over 10, 15 times. That is already a big hint because now they're going to know what kind of movie it is, probably. I feel like I want to say, call you by your name. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was literally about to say, call you by your name. Let's get into it. Okay. How do I go about this? We have an aspiring student. Yes, just graduated. Oh, it is called me by your name? It is called by your name. <laughs> Hang on, stop. It's coming by your name. We didn't. We... <laughs> she ruined it. She just said, "I've seen this movie at least ten times." I was like, "Okay, well, it's coming by your name." There's no other movie that she's. I can probably go into her letterbox Obviously. and just and just go right now and see which movie she's she's uh, watched the most, and it will be oh. coming by your name. Oh no! <laughs> okay. No, we've got this. We've got this in the bag. Yeah, we're Keep both playing. going Keep for playing. Anyways, I want, let's I want, I, want, I want to see where she goes with this. <laughs> he likes languages. So for that, he he picks up his buddies and thinks he is going to learn some languages. Wait. Oh. Get to know some people. And, you know, he has a pretty great time doing that. He meets some English people who like football and he meets uh, gonna stop this I think we we kind of I think we shot a load early yeah we did jump the gun um it's definitely not calling me by your name I don't know Damn, what, we're what so, we just heard aspiring student and we were like yep Timothy <laughs> Chalamet that's Timmy he's into languages and when Fuck. she said Italian it's gotta be the Italian Riviera could not be a different thing. Fuck. I got no clue. Let's, let's listen to it further. Now I got no clue. I mean, there's still like another like 20, 20 hours of description. <laughs> left. Yeah. An Italian guy and some people from Amsterdam and even, 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 even uh, people from what the heck's the place? Slovakia, Slovenia, whichever place. You know, he has a great time. Well, his, his whole purpose is to learn languages, you know? That is the whole purpose of this of this movie. I could even say that it, it it could be used as like a documentary 
of the places he visits. It's quite mm -hmm. factual at times. Documentary Sometimes style, also that's not. odd. So he travels around. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like she's talking about road trip. <laughs> like some other like mid-2000s film where like there's a horny guy, there's a girl far away that's like, oh, I'm gonna fuck you. And then he goes on a long trip with his friends. And I don't even know if that's road trip, but it's Euro trip maybe. And all I can see is Matt Damon singing, Scotty doesn't know. And I don't think that's the movie, <laughs> but that's where my head is at right now. Just the grand finale is he visits the place um, where the Pope lives, which is the Vatican. Pretty cool place. Does some stuff there. Learns some more languages. Meets a German person. You know, they learn German and stuff. Should I say anything else? There's a lot of... Actually, no, I shouldn't. I'm just going to let you guys like marinate. Because this movie is honestly for, for me, my family, it's kind of a My family, I mean my siblings, kind of a classic. Seen it a lot of times because it's very educational. <laughs> Anyways, I'll give you a couple seconds. I'm going to feel so stupid not knowing this. Okay, she's giving us a couple seconds and we have time to guess. I have no clue. Though. I have <laughs> no really idea. Someone call me by your name. What is Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm just putting a wild guess out there. You know, uh, Sex in the City 2. <laughs> She recently graduated. She said it's a male protagonist. Damn. <laughs> Sex and the boys. This is hard. I, I would just I would just say Eurotrip because she sa says uh, German. And I think like the girl that he's doing for is German. I feel like that would be a movie that she might check out. But I don't know if that like is, is close to any of our other descriptions. I feel like I'm totally off here. And I, I do think that we both know this movie. It could also be that she's that she went for the Estonian gambit and she's just talking about it. Like a movie <laughs> that she watched with her siblings and we have no clue what it is. But yeah, do you have a guess? I'll, I'll lock in Euro trip. Um, fuck, do I just stick with Sex in the City 2? Um, <laughs> very funny. <laughs> Maybe it's Shrek uh, 2. Shrek 2. Um, fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> Shrek 2, exchange you. <laughs> I can't think of anyone who meets the Pope. Yeah, who goes to the Vatican. All right. Okay, okay. I'm going to put down the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> I like that. Although it's about history and not languages, close enough, close enough. Yeah, fuck it. it's, yeah, Let, okay. Let's just see. Let's, let's just hear what it actually is. Like five, four, three, two, one. Should have done it in a different language. But I have to check which year it's from. It is from 2004. Oh my God. Uh huh. Wait. It is Eurotrip. Oh my God. Uh, Holy fuck. What? What in the actual. What? <laughs> I'm so fucking good at this game. Uh, Jesus Christ. Da Vinci. Code. Let me let me gloat in this for a when while. When did the Da Vinci Code? Oh, Da Vinci Code came out in 2006. Close enough. Mm. Two years off. <laughs> if she said two, 2006, it would have had to have been the I Da mean, Vinci Code. I mean, oh, well, no, he doesn't meet the Pope, does he? I mean, oh, yeah. I, I can't remember the scene when Eurotrip, they meet the, the Pope, but it just kind of makes sense. And when she said German, I was like, oh, he's, he's into a German girl. So there's a high chance that, you know, it, it's like one of these movies that kind of suck, but they're also kind of funny. They like, you would rewatch them 10, 15 times with the mm. right people. But uh, yeah, let's let's hear what she uh, the parting words that he has to say and the in insults that she's probably going to wave at you <laughs> for not getting it right, Lachlan. Mm. I, I don't know if, if you got that. If you did, then you're a true European. If you didn't, then you're probably like an Australian guy who has never seen a movie about Europe. <laughs> oh my God, she <laughs> called it. But the movie is actually really, really funny, uh, filled with stereotypes. I really used to like watching it as a younger teen thinking that it was hilarious but if you haven't seen it i suggest checking it out i own it actually on dvd as well and we'll see each other next week or the week after or sometime 
<laughs> we'll see Anyways. each other sometime. Catch Kelly, you okay. later. Bye. Bye, Kelly. Thanks so much. Yeah. Again, this is not helping my case that I'm not pre-listening to these. But I don't. I don't. I don't know. I guess. I guess I did get it right this time, and it feels really good. You know, this one. I. I. I guess this was home court for me, or like because um, you know, Europe, Euro trip. I should know mm. this. It would be devastating if I didn't. But uh, another fun one, and um, we'll have her back at least next week, like she said, because she did drop us another one. So. I'm keen for that, but uh, hey, let's can get I, can to... I, can I yeah. just want to say something? Kelly, yeah. when you listen to this, you haven't logged it on Letterboxd. The movie at all? Like, never? No, never what? logged okay. it. Okay, you're not supposed to check what she's, what she's logged no, no, I'm, during oh, this. I'm, I'm, oh, you no, dirty little cheater. Afterwards. I checked it okay, afterwards. Okay, sure, sure, sure. I also check, check the recordings afterwards, or like, with you. I definitely would never pre-listen to any. Anyway, uh, let's get to what we've been watching. Lachlan, what have you been watching? Not a lot, actually. I started off with watching the first few episodes of Cowboy Bebop, the original animated TV show. Mm. Uh, do you want to guess whether I listened to it? Oh, sorry, I should say watched it subbed or dubbed? Um, do I have to make it? Uh, you definitely did it dubbed unless you watched it with someone. Uh, eh, subbed, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Freudian slip. No, um, you definitely watched it subbed. I was about to smack you, boy. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I watched it. I watched it subbed because uh, I'm a um, I'm a big brain, and it subbed is the ultimate way of watching it. So yeah, yeah I uh, I watched it that way. Uh, I enjoyed the first few episodes. I'm only about let's say three or four episodes in. It's still it, it actually is quite enjoyable. I like the style. I like the music choices. It is really good. Uh, um, Lachlan, is, is there a reason why you just sent me your uh, knee? Yeah, I just wanted to show you my sunburn. <laughs> Wait, when did you did you send it just now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was multitasking because I was trying to find the photo of it that I took. And then you Thanks were like, what have you been watching? And I was like, ah, fuck. Okay. Anyway. And the other thing I rewatched is uh, I, I rewatched Bo Burnham's uh, Inside because mm. so far it's been one of the most enjoyable films to come out of this year. Yeah. I'll take this time in uh, what you've been watching to, to, to quickly summarize my 2021 films so far. Because uh, right. Ewan, I don't know about you, but... Uh, I um got some juicy ones coming up here in terms of uh my my rating. Right. Okay. Currently, I've only given two five out of five this year, mm-hmm. and that's Bo Burnham's Inside and The Green Knight. Yeah. Right. Close yeah. third and fourth. It's actually uh Dune and Annette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am and aware. Then, uh, yes. I've got the Ninth Jedi next. <laughs> the, what? The Ninth Jedi is one of those uh um one of the what um, is that? I've never Star heard. Wars Legends episodes. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. I still have not seen Star Wars Visions. And in sixth place, because it technically came out in 2021, but <laughs> I mean, probably shouldn't be counted, but I got Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah, it did, it did come out. Um, where, where did it 2021. Premiere? I think it like premiered at Sundance, so it's definitely a 2021 film. It was just considered an Oscar film from last year because they extended the window, but it's definitely yeah. a 2021 film, yeah. And then it literally goes Mitchell and the, versus the Machines, uh, mm, nobody, like that movie quite a bit. Pig, and then it would go Coda. So just missing out right now is is Luca, Tatane, uh, Power of the Dog, um, and all the way at the bottom of I've, I've, I've <laughs> hang on, why the fuck have I said I've watched the Matrix films? I haven't. I want to watch this thing. <laughs> right at the bottom, I've got uh, <laughs> ooh, uh, where it belongs, old Space Jam, leg- a new legacy, and the <laughs> Hitman's wife bodyguard, with each having half a star. <laughs> <laughs> wow, um, damn, you're really harsh on these movies. Quickly followed by Without Remorse by one star. Yeah. And then Cry Macho with one and a half stars. 
Mm. Yeah, actually, no, I gave the conjuring the devil inside of one star. Cleansing your Eastwood over in Perth. Mm. Mm. Uh, I feel like a movie that you're going to love that's still coming out later this year is Red Rocket. I feel like you're going to eat that movie up. And I'm so keen to talk uh, about that one with you. you. I think you'd also enjoy On the Count of Three. And I don't know when that one's releasing. Uh, that was a Sundance movie. Yeah, obviously, these but, are just uh, by ratings. But um, I yeah. do think that uh, when it comes to... Like, when I do my top tens, I have to put in consideration, like, the rating that I gave it, the, then I'll put by, like, then I'll write down my top ten. Like, not looking at, before I look at ratings, I write down my top ten, what I think was my favorite top ten movies of the year, and then I'll look at my ratings and see if any of them line up really, like, accurately in terms of what I gave them. And then I'll also do another top ten of most entertaining, because while Mm -hmm. I gave uh, those movies a abysmal, like, I gave Reminiscence of two stars. Uh, oh, I, well, I also gave Mortal Kombat two stars, but I enjoyed Mortal Kombat in some I think that was also a pairing that we did, right? <laughs> Those two films. Uh, yeah. We talked about that. But yeah. I mean, I gave Godzilla vs. King Kong a fucking two and a half stars, but I definitely would say it was probably a bit more entertaining than... That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Um, yeah. How, wait, I gave Cherry three stars, but I only gave Malcolm and Marie two and a half. What am I doing? Oh, God. <laughs> I, have to go through all of, I have to go through all of my ratings and fix them. <laughs> I feel like every... Every few weeks, you can like open your letterbox and you're like, "What the fuck am I doing? I gotta change these." Because like, what the fuck was know, I doing back then? Like, I'm looking at some of these. Yeah, at the end of the day, we just set numbers next to a movie, and then that's not like that's not how we feel about them. That's just a fucking number. It doesn't represent it. That's why the podcast is so great. So we actually get to I guess share our, like wider and more complete thoughts and mm. uh, maybe go in depth a bit more about these films. But, but yeah, I just noticed that I'm like. <laughs> I might see like 300 plus movies released in 2021 this year, which is wow. it's just it's just baffling. I should definitely uh stop, <laughs> go outside, touch grass. Maybe that would be good for me. Uh, I guess in um the next movie that I'll be quickly talking about, you can't cut touch grass because Earth is hot and scorching, and dog and uh person Tom Hanks make a robot and try to survive, and it's heartfelt, and it's over on Apple TV Plus, and I'm talking about Finch. Um, the just recently released a streaming exclusive. I feel like I could give this quite a warm shout out. I feel like you are gonna go into this movie, uh, with certain expectations about the tone and what it's going for. We have a dog and its owner, so definitely like that dynamic is gonna, you know, be explored, especially in the latter half. What that means, like a companion when he's all alone, and I feel like it's not gonna surprise you in any sort of way of what uh what it does. But if you are along for the ride. And just there for like this apocalyptical word world and the bond between human and dog and then maybe this uh this newly created robot that has the naivete of like a kid that uh, has to grow up really fast you know that's what they are going for with these characters and they do quite a good job i think it's a solid movie and if you already have apple tv plus i think it's really worth a watch so yeah go check out um finch if you want to um, so let's get to the stuff that uh, both of us watched, uh, and let's start things off with a uh, fan favorite over here, Big Mouth Season um, 5. Just generally, spoiler warning for Season 5, the entirety of Season 5, and all of the previous seasons of Big Mouth, um, and if you don't want to be spoiled, I guess skip ahead to the harder they fall, you can find the time codes in the description below. So uh, Lachlan was uh, the promised dick that we were, pro- uh, what's the, what's the promise that we got to see? You Santa's really don't want to fuck up this satisfied. line, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to choke on it. The promise that they made in that fucking trailer 
they definitely uh they definitely promised to show us Santa's junk and they uh They did. They did it. They did it. I I, did I see saw the stick. Santa's dick and I saw it, his balls and yeah. in fact I saw dick him and pounding balls. Mrs. Claus. Double feature. Yeah. It was a season to behold. <laughs> definitely. And, and lots Santa's of variety as well. Balls. Yeah. yeah. Were you satisfied by Santa's balls? I actually was quite as uh, quite a bit because yep. you know when that later on caused <laughs> the, the elves to just like fuck like like just no tomorrow that was a that was a funny moment you know that i i mm. know it was going that way but it's just like you know big muff is the type of show that is setting something up and then they are playing with your expectations of no usually you don't do that stuff you wouldn't show it you wouldn't actually mm. do it and then they do it and they don't do it in an uh, distasteful, um, untasteful, distasteful, distasteful way at all. It is, it is always played for shits and giggles. It's not to be taken too seriously. But then also on, like, they have their values set straight. So at the core of the show, we are not really making fun or exploiting anything. It is still, in, in, a, in a sense, it still has kind of the, the like, a simple mission of, of uh, accepting yourself. And I feel like it, it, is, it is quite crude. But it, it also brings across values that are that are good for uh for teenagers, you know, if they watch the show. I feel like it's better than the values that are that you get from watching South Park or like Family Dad or whatever. I like the show and I still like the show. And I thought that the trailer kind of made me question that a bit. Is it just like gonna be a new thing where where we get uh, what was it, the hate worm and it's that gonna like influence the whole season? But no, they changed it up pretty much every episode. And the hate worm was maybe like part of it for like two or three that he actually uh, influenced stuff. And I feel like they did a great job kind of having the narrative of the story and how the characters kind of changed. But yeah, what did you think about uh, this this fifth season? Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I mean, I guess I do because you just told me, but uh, I didn't think the love bug slash hate bug was super overdone. I, I agree mm-hmm. that he was only in there for a couple episodes, which wasn't too bad. I thought overall the season was quite fun. However, I, Ooh, however. I just want to be frank with you. I want to be frank with yeah. you. I, I want to be honest with you. I did not like the last episode. Re-New Year's Eve, that was kind of the short little bits. I did not like that one either. That was not my favorite, uh, not at all favorite episode. I didn't like the fact that, I mean, look, I like being meta and there's obviously a point where it gets too much and just seeing Nick Kroll like just standing there, I was just like, yep, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not vibing with this. I didn't think any of the jokes were funny. I just no. thought it was just like a look at what we can do kind of thing, a bit showy offy. I enjoyed, you know, a very big mouth Christmas episode. Yeah. Not because they were not animated, but the reverse John Wick was so fucking funny. Like that was so good. <laughs> that was yeah. Right? Oh, <laughs> uh, that was that was a funny bit. They had they had uh, a bunch of really funny bits. And um, I feel like the the Jay and Lola relationship is also something like it's so incredibly stupid, but it cracks me up every time. It's like the the one voice I don't know. It's not Nick Roll who does it. It is that um, uh, what's what's his name? The guy who I said always stands out in in voice casts. <laughs> He's um, just perfect. Uh, Jason something I think. Jason, um, yeah, the dude from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Exactly, the crazy dude from Brooklyn Nine Nine, and. I feel like he's just perfect for, I think he does Jay and Lola, uh, yeah. both of those voices. And I feel like he's just perfect for them. It, it, it works. And uh, they struck gold with Nick Roll. And I, I, I agree with you there uh, at the last episode. Renew New Year's, wait, what is it called? Renew Year's Eve? I don't know. It was just a bit of a miss. Yeah, I can forgive it for that. It's not like 
it's it, it took the whole season like down. I didn't like like it doesn't ruin the whole season. I just hated how that was the last episode and left the bad taste in my mouth for like the end. I right, really yeah. thought that they should have ended it a bit a bit differently. I like the episode before that as well, like this ski trip one. That was quite fun as well. Like mm-hmm. how Andrew gets it on and he almost goes to touch a boob and then everything's ruined by how Nick is just ruining everyone else's life by ruining his own. Yeah. But no, I, I I really enjoyed this season overall. Uh, they haven't ruined it. I love the messiness. The meta just got taken too far in the last episode. The teacher kink episode was also really done well with Andrew falling in love with like his teacher or just obsessing over his teacher anyway. But no, I, I, yeah. I like this fun season. Cameos, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. fun. The, the guy from, I, I only know him from Parks and Rec. Uh, and he's also in uh, The Good Place, uh, mm. but I can't remember the, the actor's name, but uh, he, he was a very fun cameo. Uh, the Shame Wizard in that episode mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, little kids in their little swimsuits. And he's like, oh, that's <laughs> fucking weird, dude. And that, that was a good joke. So they had some really yeah. good zingers in this, in this, in this yeah. season. So yeah. Bringing shame upon the Shame Wizard is, is a very yeah. funny thing to do. I like that. So yeah, I feel like if I had to rate the, the season uh, overall, which is like not something that you typically do. I, I think it's harder for seasons. But there, there were a few standouts, uh, the finale being the low point. And overall, I would say like it's solid, uh, like 7 out of 10 throughout the whole um, season 5 for me, if I had to sum it up. So uh, yeah, what do you think? Lock on. Um, I'd probably put it as like a 4 out of 5 if it was on mm-hmm. Letterboxd. Um, yeah. I think that's where it sits for me, at least. Um, so yeah. Cool. So go check that out if you have not, or maybe we just spoiled the one. We didn't really spoil anything because that's that's a good thing about it. It's just about these characters and the situations that they get in. Um, so you know you can still check it out if you haven't already. So let's talk about the harder they fall. What the hell is that shit playing quick draw games when my ass is getting shot at? Hey, hey, you got your lucky coin, don't you? Grow up, Jim. This hey. is real grown man shit. We can die, but we're not gonna die. Stop lightning with the blam blams. Admit it. Gunning for revenge, outlaw Nat Love settles up with his gang to take down enemy Rufus Buck, a ruthless crime boss who just got sprung from prison. So this is a Western revenge story with a very star-filled cast. Amongst it, we got Jonathan Majors. We got uh, Zazie Beats. We also have the incredible Idris Alba, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Delroy Lindo, so many really talented people amongst uh, uh in a film that is very fun i'd say reception has been pretty good for this film on uh, letterboxd 3.6 and imdb 6.6 and a metacritic uh 68 so uh you know pretty mediocre because like you gotta go in with this uh in, into this film with your expectations set straight that this is like not supposed to be this really uh like serious epic west western it is also played for fun a bit and it's playing with the style of it and uh style of it all and uh, the cinematography as well so uh Lachlan, what did you think of uh the harder day fall it was dope uh was fun stupid fun yeah it respected the genre of western films but it flips it and spins it on its head and it nails its style it's got so much as i said style and attitude seeping out of every frame out of mm-hmm. every shot out of every scene and all of the performances as well every single one of those characters uh is performed awesomely yeah. so for me i had a blast watching this just just literally that first little uh confrontation after the little opening with uh nat love coming out and uh taking down that dude with the uh scorpion bite right mm-hmm. he shoots him and he fucking flies and he shoots him again and he gets shot back again and he shoots him again and, and it's like it's so over the top and that's what i liked about it 
I'm a bit disappointed that I didn't get to see more of that kind of action throughout the film. It kind of then takes its little sit down and, and it yep. goes through it quite slowly. Um, I saw a lot of people comparing this to um, Django Unchained and I was like, nope, you shouldn't compare this to Django Unchained. It's a very different kind of movie. Yeah, it's a weird comparison to make. But uh, everyone from Jonathan Majors, who, by the way, did a fucking standout performance. Yes. Who's yeah. also just a standout actor in a lot of the roles that he plays. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've also got Idris Elba uh, as Rufus Buck. Not giving a quiet, fuck. Quiet, not giving That's a fuck. Good. He, yeah. he he's like quiet. He's, he he just stands and he just like just like nods his head. He's so cool at doing it. Like I feel <laughs> Idris Elba could be no no. I'm not going to say that. That's that's yeah. I was going to say he could be Denzel Washington, J- but Denzel Washington is insanely cooler. <laughs> Sorry, Idris Elba, but but Denzel Washington is like insanely say, cooler. Like- he could be James Bond or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say like he, he could have like the the coolness of of uh, Denzel Washington because Denzel Denzel Washington's badass. He's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, just yeah. You don't have. I. I don't. Oh. Hey, he still got the sexiest could. man alive. Oh, he he he. Did, yeah, he did. That's a, that's a very. I agree with point. that. I I agree with that. He's de- he definitely is the sexiest or one of the sexiest men alive. Lakeith Stanfield, Zazie Betts, is that her name? Betts or Beats, Beats, I think, yeah. Uh, as Mary, uh, she was cool, uh, badass, strong. Um, nah, man, like the whole cast was killer. And I enjoyed yeah. every little part on the frame of the of the um, screen. I'm going to give you my review, my, my, my rating now, because mm-hmm. looking at it in hindsight, I probably could have given it something a little bit higher. I gave it a 3.5. I probably would push it up to a three and a half in the scheme of things. Yeah. I think my ratings right now are all fucked up because I've watched some really good movies back to back to back. Like I, I like I watched Dune, Green Knight, like literally like a couple of weeks apart from each other, and they're like my top movies right now. So I'm comparing everything to them. Yeah, I I rambled a bit here because I had fun. <laughs> I want to know if you had fun. Did you Did you enjoy yourself? Although I am known for the person on this podcast who cannot have fun because he's he's stuck in the gray mess of Switzerland where. We talked about this off the podcast. Or I guess it was recorded, but it, it's not going to be in the show. Myself as a Swiss person does not know what the sun looks like. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of accurate at the moment. There's a, it's just a gray, mushy mess on the sky. And um, yeah, this was definitely a bit of a sunlight when it comes to cinematic action and entertainment. Uh, it, was just, it was just a fun ride to be taken along. And it, it had a lot of like explosive action and you know it, it felt like what, what westerns sometimes uh, tend to do is that everyone is trying to be so cool and swag and whatever <laughs> actually I'm, I'm 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 trying to make you cringe hopefully i succeeded uh, is that like then they are kind of met with like ooh, someone's even cooler and outshines their coolness and they just get killed and that happens a couple times in this film <laughs> and it's always yep. very fun it's fun it's just fun because the stakes don't feel that high even though you do see a lot of violence you just in for the spectacle of it all. We're keeping this review spoiler-free, but I did also really enjoy the end twist. I did not expect to like it, but I thought it was it just it just worked for me. I was like, yeah, no, no, that's the perfect conclusion. I like this. This is this is just cool. I like it. There's not much more to the movie than just being fun, but it is going for that, and I can appreciate that. It's genre cinema. It's it's kind of not as funny, I guess, in like straight up comedic terms, but it made me laugh a lot. So that's the good type of comedy, you know, that doesn't like have the pausing moments like, oh, here's where the audience is supposed to laugh. But it's just like situational shit. And the stylistic choices for the cinematography, like that shot where like it goes across the in- like from inside a window outside and does a huge dolly movement. 
that was fun or like people being lined up and then they step out or like the camera moves to the side it's just a lot of like over stylized stuff that uh somehow didn't take me out of the movie because it was it was it was uh, mm. it was a natural part of it it just was uh really good popcorn cinema um on your couch i guess not in actual cinema um speaking of the twist i fucking hated the twist mm, that that's I totally understandable dumb. That was stupid. To me, I feel like it is it is the case that uh, I just love Idris Elba and I love uh, Jonathan Matrix. Okay. <laughs> and okay. they they just they just work in that scene for me. But uh, again, no, okay. not not saying more. And I yeah, I gave it a seven out of ten. Surprisingly, I thought that was gonna be like an easy six out of ten pick for me. So for me, like it, there's, a, there's a huge step up from something that's like a six out of ten or seven out of ten. That's like where most of the movies lie for me. So when it does go above that step. There's something that I can say that I can point to that really worked for me in this film. And uh, yeah, that definitely was the case with The Holiday Fall. Uh, it's streaming on Netflix if you want to check it out. And let's move on to Eternals. The Eternals are a team of ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years. When an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows, they are forced to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy. <laughs> Jared Leto. No, the Deviants. Um, <gasps> Alright, so I feel like unless you've been living under the rock, uh, <laughs> under the rock, <laughs> under a rock. Uh, then you've probably heard that the public reception and the critical reception for this film has been quite low. Most people are talking about Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> Rotten Tomatoes, when it comes to that, I just really don't like their, their rating system. And uh, currently, Eternals is the lowest ranking um, MCU film over on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But I, I'd like to look at, at other references to see if this is a universal thing or is it just like, you know, the way that their system works, which is like, as soon as a review, I think, is under 60%, it's considered rotten or under 50%, and everything above is considered good. So, uh, you know, uh, if you are split on it and um, you give it a, a slightly bad reviews and most of them are that way, then it immediately shifts that way. But uh, I feel like a better look is maybe Letterboxd, on which it has a 3.4, IMDb a 6.9, quite high, and on Metacritic a 52. So, Lachlan, uh, without getting into spoilers just yet, we'll, we'll get into those in uh, a few minutes. Um, what were your overall thoughts on Eternals and maybe where's the uh, bad public reception coming from? I don't really know. So, sorry, my internet is for some reason cutting out on my iPad, so I'm waiting for my notes to load. <laughs> okay. I was, I was wondering what kind of bid you were doing. <laughs> just staring um, into the camera. I'm just waiting for these fucking notes to catch up to where... Okay, cool. Okay, they're finally letting me. All right, cool. That is very All right, funny. sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Why did it fail? Um, mm -hmm. Well, of course, it failed on Rotten Tomatoes, where anything can literally fail, where anything can be review yeah. bombed. But I mean, it was also the critics that gave it that um, like rotten rating. There wasn't just uh, public reviews as well. But yeah, uh, well, that I is what's true, that yeah. now? But the same goes for IMDb, and there it is, like quite high. So you could you could go for the opposite that maybe it was positively review bombed. But I feel like a lot of instances, Marvel fans were like more disappointed by it than the general public. Is what what, what mm. the impression that I got. But yeah, I feel like it's it's hard to put a finger on it as well. Um, for me, I feel like simple enough. It's the runtime that is just too long, and it's not for characters that have already built been built up for a long time. It's an introduction of new a new set of characters. And a lot of these characters, and it feels like we don't get a lot of depth 
for any of them, although we do spend mm. a long time with them. Especially Cersei, I feel like is a character that doesn't doesn't really work at all because she's just kind of a vessel for us to enter this world uh, as a protagonist, of course. But it's usually the case. But she's um she she doesn't really have a, a lot of motivation that wouldn't just go along with what probably the audience is feeling right as they they watch the film. And to have that with a goal in this this film that was more maybe complex characters with with uh, with maybe more nuanced motivations that didn't really come out. I, I didn't have really have the feeling that it, it went anywhere, although it did have these grand ideas. I feel like the potential for Eternals is amazing. The, the goal, without going into spoilers, is um, is something that that leaves them in a place where they they're contemplating about their own existence. Let's just say that. And I feel like there's a lot of potential to go that way. And it's also like a story that could be really cosmic and could include the whole universe. But they end up staying for pretty much all of the movie just on Earth. And that's the focus of the film. And I feel like that is a bit disappointing because they did that right with Guardians of the Galaxy. It really was that uh, universal fun ride to be, uh, universe fun ride to be along in outer space. And here we are just, we're basically getting a bunch of characters that have, that are immortal and they have some, uh, like a power set. And that's pretty much it. But yeah, maybe, uh, Lachlan, let's hear, I guess, a little bit more of your thoughts. Um, I always say thoughts. Now that my notes have loaded fully, I can actually explain my thoughts. Thoughts. iPad thoughts. Main reason I believe that this movie floppity roonity downhill really quickly was there's a sex scene in it. Yeah, oh no. The sex? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There was... I was no, I walked out of the cinema. And all the critics were just like, nah, fuck this, eh? Nah. Uh, anyway, that was my only joke that I had prepared. <laughs> so the rest of this is going to be dead serious. No, it's like the MCU, you know, it stands for Mother Critics United. And they were like, no, this is not for my kid to see out of the cinema. We're going to review. <laughs> Imagine like the Christian, there's this Christian review site, right? Who re- review bombed uh, Never Ready, Sometimes Always, by the way. If you have not, never heard of that movie, go check it out right now. Great movie. And I feel like like there could even be a uh, made case a uh, case made for this like ooh this is supposed to be for our children but then there's sex and in, in it and that's controversial I feel like it's funny it's such a throwaway scene but uh let's um I don't want to um step on your um whatever you were about to say Brooklyn. no that's right I'm actually just gonna go look the Christian the, um, website the Christian website for Eternals <laughs> let's just see if, uh, I always forget what it's called but it, it's always a language, great language violence get sex moderate 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 production quality oh they do four stars that's disgusting. You know, they've got all these like code words that I don't know what it means. Brief wine use, smoking and smoking and drugs. Brief wine brief use. Upper male, brief upper male nudity. So basically a shirtless man. Uh, with shoulders as a young looking naked man is on top of a young looking naked woman. The latter is that there's a scene of them getting married by a pagan priest. Uh, Ask the blessing of the <laughs> gods and two male homosexual lovers passionately kiss one another. Uh, yep. Violence. I knew that one was violent. coming. Foul language. Uh, eight to ten obscenities. Uh, a few S words, but mostly hate words. One Jesus profanity. What's a hate? Three word? light hell. Hell. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make sense. I guess. Three hell. light exclamatory profanities such as OMG and MG. Um. Whoa. Dominant worldviews and other worldviews content elements. Very strong false pagan mythology about gods and super beings erase God from creation and human history with the homosexual <laughs> subplot. For one of the ten major characters and includes a pagan priest mentioning the gods during a marriage ceremony. But the story 
borrows some Christian moral concepts about love. You can't you can't include this because I'm just ripping this off. Family and forgiveness and sacrifice plus strong revisionist history that credits the super being with developing some of the mythological stories of humanity's past, such as the Babylon story of Gilgamesh and the Greek and uh, and the Greek and stories of the goddess Athena, and that totally blames the Spanish consequitors consequitors for conquering of the uh, Aztecs. In reality, the Aztecs oppressed following tribes and engaged in human sacrifice, and 90% of the forces conquering the Aztecs involved local tribes seeking revenge against the evil Aztecs. And then we blamed humanity for the nuclear bomb and leveled, I mean, who else would we blame? And that leveled Hiroshima, that was an imperial Japan that bears the primary responsibility for starting vicious wars against the neighboring neighbors and against the United States in the first place. And one mention of evolution. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's that's oh, that's just a nail in the coffin. God damn it! Uh, but yeah, that ends our review for Eternals. Now we see why the movie sucks so much. Yeah, uh, the yep, Christians and, have done it once again. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Okay, now hang on. Let me let me let me let me let me actually like go. <sighs> I actually have something. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, the main reason I think it actually flopped from a critic standpoint is the main reason I didn't enjoy any of this film. And I think it's from one, a lack of a strong villain. And mm-hmm. that's what holds a lot of Marvel films together. Marvel movies have some of the greatest villains that we've seen in recent cinematic history. I'm um, sure there's yeah. plenty of throwaway ones that definitely have their one and gun. But this one definitely takes the cake, which I actually think is, is, is worse than the Dark Elves from Thor 2, which at this point, everyone knows Thor 2 is the worst MCU movie. And I still think it is. I don't think Eternals is as bad as Thor 2. I don't, I don't think Thor 2 has as many redeeming features. Granted, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, yeah. but I do think Eternals, and from my first initial watching, isn't as bad as what Thor 2 was. I think it also comes down to some messy writing. The actors in this movie are great. Would you agree? Like, I think yeah. pretty much all the characters are, are performed tre- uh, tremendously. Like yeah, that, uh, you said, you said the you writing is a bit off. And I feel like I think that's there's a the detriment to the issues. I think yeah. I think it's like like as I was going to say. I think the performances are pretty great, but I think yeah. there's some dialogue in here that definitely fumbles, even with the greatest of actors and actresses playing these parts. And for me, that you know, you can't give a great actor a natural dialogue and get them and expect them to perform well. Um, they still give a, overall a great performance, but there's definitely some times mm-hmm. where I was watching a scene, I just. Something just didn't feel right, and it was just, I guess, the yeah. mm-hmm. the way they were communicating with each other, just the dialogue between them. So yeah. for me, like the reason I think this is bombed is there is a lot of, um, I guess, critical viewing problems. Right, the audiences are not going to care about a you know a, a stupidly written dialogue or a you know a long runtime as long as they can be entertained. And mm. for the majority of the time. MCU films are going to entertain the mass audiences. People are not going to the MCU to be, you know, blown away. They're going there to follow a a story. And this is the first part of this next chapter that they're going into. So I feel like if this was, you know, a few movies in and we've already established this new kind of world, they're establishing a lot now. Like Mm -hmm. in the multiverse, they're going to be like, especially in, you know, Spider-Man, they did it in Loki, technically maybe, um, and and now they're bringing celestials into it as well. So they like you know these movies are expanding what we know of yeah. this current universe. So for most people, they're going to be fucking enjoying themselves. They're going to gush over the violence and the action and the the, the nudity. Haha. They're going to <laughs> gosh at all of the beautiful cast, the the 
everyone in there is just really good to look at. You know, they're going to gush over the beautiful cinematography because I think yeah. this is one of the prettiest MCU films to date. I don't know about you, but I to think be, it looks To be gorgeous. fair, that's not really a high standard for MCU films because they yeah, do I mean, kind of tend right, to look quite right. bland. But um, yeah, you do see the influence of uh, Chloe Zhao, who, have, who we have not mentioned recently, uh, Best Picture. And uh, did she also win Director? I think she won Director, right? I think she won Best uh, Director. Yeah, for Nomadland. Um, and I... Yeah, cinematography looked great. I feel like there's just certain stereotypes uh, that you have kind of like certain standards that you have to meet when you do a superhero story in the MCU. And I don't feel that uh, Chloe Zhao was like doing the exact story that maybe she intended to do with these characters. I'm just speculating here. And even if even if she was, then she she just failed in my opinion. But uh, it it, it had a it has a weird balance of like quippy one-liners and like shoehorned in Avengers references or two other movies that's not, not that big a deal to me it's just a bit annoying but there's like a lot of just like them all lining up in the same shot and walking towards the camera that is very silly and mm. they're not that type of team they're supposed to be a family yeah. uh that's what they keep saying but they Vin ain't Diesel. the fast and the furious yeah yeah so you know it, it doesn't feel like they belong together and what I've seen a lot of people criticize, and I do, I guess, kind of agree with it, is that the pacing and the way that the edit is going throughout the film, where it keeps cutting back, like because there's, there's, a, there's a team assembly kind of, it's, it's like a heist movie <laughs> that they end up doing, mm. kind of. And we are introduced to these characters again. We kind of see them at the start of it, and then they kind of all leave, and we only got like a few you know, characters in there. And then they assemble the team again, and we cut back and kind of see where they were falling out, you know? And that kind of repetition gets really old for me quite quickly. Mm. And that's why I really felt the runtime. Actually, talking about the pacing issues, I've already kind of, I'm sorry if I, if you hadn't, haven't seen this movie yet and I kind of did spoil some elements of the movie. Uh, do you want to just well, get into spoiler? Yeah, let's get into full-on yeah. spoilers. It's funny that you say pacing issues. Yeah. Because the first note I have is literally pacing issues. Yeah. So Very funny. I, I didn't put it down to... Uh, the quick cuts back and forth to previous times and daytime, which obviously, if you're going to have a family that's been together for 7,000 years, uh, how are you going to get them to have that family dynamic? You can't, you know, I mean, they want to get through to the, 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 the action part now. I mm. feel like Marvel could possibly rush this next phase in a way um, where they want to get new superheroes onto the scene and have them all set up. Because obviously, some of the Eternals aren't coming back for Eternals Part 2 or whatever they're going to call it. But yeah. in my eyes, the opening first act is so incredibly rushed and it, it, it's just like there's no breathing room for anything, right? Mm -hmm. It's look at them. They're fighting deviants. Look at them present day. Here they are. Cersei's it's, in love with this man. Deviants yeah. back. Let's go. There's no, there's no, this is normal. This is what life is like. And then it changes. It's like it's immediately black and white and then black again. It just goes. There's no there's no like gray period of like calmness. It's just so fast paced. And, Sorry. And I feel like that opening scene where they are at the beach kind of saving those people. I would say I, I would put saving in quotes because, you know, they let they let the one guy uh, die, although they all are like there. And it feels like such a to me, it's like it feels a lot like Age of Ultron. The way that they fight just masses and it's like quippy, like, oh, I got this one. I'm fighting that mm. one. And to me, a lot of times in movies, that's what replaces actual connection between characters. It's just like they have fun 
and they're good at something when they're doing it together. Like the same is, is with big franchises that have a bigger group like The Fast and the Furious. They do the same. But The Fast and the Furious <laughs> feels really weird to compare that movie to this one. They don't have the aspiration, although Vin Diesel says that, you know, Fast 10 is going to be the greatest movie of all time and they got to settle the beef between Dwayne Rock Johnson and Vin Diesel. Anyways, they don't need to do that. And they, they could just go full on silly with this and it's cosmic stakes and then more along the Guardians of the Galaxy where like there are these heartfelt moments in between where we connect with these characters. There's also a smaller set of characters in Guardians, but it's just, I feel like it's mixing and not really matching, you know, a lot of... uh different ideas and themes that don't come together. Uh, that's why I said I mm. feel like it's really silly when they walk in walk in, in a line and whatever, when, when they are these characters that have like rain, a ranging set of different uh, opinions when it comes to how to deal with humanity and how to influence um, history, you know? Because basically their goal is just to advance. Basically their, their goal is just, it's great that we have a sex scene in this film because that's basically all they're here for. They're here so mm. humans can fuck and they can overpopulate the earth for something else to emerge and feed on the uh, conscience or the energy that was created by humans. Which is like, it's, it's such a silly concept if you think about it. It's so dumb. But it's also, okay, I guess that makes sense that uh, everything is kind of, you know, you are once removed and from being a human and you're just looking at this tiny speck that's just here for, um, for millions of years just to create a, a new life form that is powerful and then creates new life. You know, that's a, that's a really big picture thing. And then you go down to the Eternals who are then reborn and that kind of tragedy that comes with that, that they influence. So they are just like there to bring something up ultimately to destroy it again for something new to be created. Uh, and that like that idea is really interesting. I feel like that's that's cool. Uh, but I, I felt like it just didn't work. And uh, it's, it's just disappointing because I feel like there's a, there's a potentially really good movie in here. No, there definitely is. You are correct. There is, there is such a spark in this film that just needs to be ignited. And unfortunately, it never gets there. Mm -hmm. there there's so many good parts to it. And first of all, if we're starting with the Eternals, you've got the core team there. You've got some really good talent. Richard mm -hmm. Madden. You've got uh, fucking Angelina Jolie, for goodness sakes. I got to say, Angelina Jolie as Fina was a bit wasted. By introducing that thing that was basically just there to um, kind of hint at or foreshadow uh, what was to come about, like them not that that not being the first mission and them, you know, just their memories being wiped. And yep. I felt like she was just used as a an additional stake when they had uh, when they had fights, and then was like, "Ooh, there's an additional problem that we have to work with now." Uh, mm. I thought that was a bit disappointing because her character was was kind of interesting beyond that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I think you're right in some senses, but I think that overall I enjoyed her performance. Mm -hmm. You know, every single character from Jurig to Gilgamesh to even uh, Kuran, I think his name was, the uh, mm -hmm. chauffeur dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're all really good characters and they all have their quirks. They all have their ups and downs, but they also, every single one, except for Karan, well, let's just talk about the Eternals, they all have their flaws. Every single one of them had to have their flaws revealed. And here's where I think it starts to go downhill. Two and a half hours and ten characters that you need to reveal their pros and their cons, their flaws, mm -hmm. their, their, their fears, their loves, their, what they have at stake. It, it, it's a lot to fucking do in two and a half hours. It's a lot to do in two hours, which I think would have been a perfect runtime. Yeah which is why I think this shouldn't have been one movie. I think they should have definitely separated this into two flicks. Etern and now. Yes. Yeah. I think it should have kind of done the, the Captain Marvel route where it's a 
prequel and, or I mean, prequel as in an origin story first, but these guys are pretty much present day MCU introduction while also trying to have a prequel set up. You know how Captain Marvel, as much as we loved it, was pretty much just introducing the character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've seen her a couple times in the MCU. We've got a prequel story. She's introduced, okay? The Eternals are introduced to the MCU present day, but in the exact same movie, we're also getting their origin story. That's where it becomes too much. They've got an origin story mm. here alongside a essentially a an Avengers-level threat. <laughs> I don't know why at any point there was not a single fucking Avenger that was coming through. I guess it wasn't an Avengers-level threat. This... This is where I think it comes down to. They definitely should have made this an origin story. They should mm. have separate. They shouldn't have had this story of deviants coming back and and a celestial inside the earth. They should have saved that for something a bit later, like a like a mini end of the world thing where they could have the Eternals and maybe a, you know a couple other introduction uh, introduction of superheroes. Um, yeah. But for me, that's where I think it fails. Like that that's what that's where they could separate the two and make a good movie. If you had to choose, maybe that's a different um, different approach to it. But if you had to choose. Uh, like one, two, maybe three characters to focus on in the film uh, more as like less side characters, but actually bring them into the forefront a bit more. Uh, which ones would you go? What do you mean? As in like which? Like because I think, I think that if Druick was a bigger part of the movie and wasn't just like one of the last ones that they're trying uh, to get right, and just okay. like forced upon conflict where they kind of need him, but then ultimately he's not really needed for the end. And like, Kumar, like Kingo, Kumar Nanjiani, um, he just leaves the third act. <laughs> yeah, no, that not, was going to say. Not he, there he, he's just like, like, I understand you meant to have like, no, like, like it's, rare that you, you, it's rare that you have a morally gray character who doesn't want to take a side. And he doesn't yeah. take a side. And I was like, oh, he's going to come back and he's going to help him out. He never comes back. <laughs> he's he just gone. He's gone back. back to Bollywood. Yeah, and I was like, okay. I mean, that's that's an interesting. That was a very funny joke, though. And like, <laughs> he's supposed to pass down. He's like, yeah, that looks kind of familiar. Yeah, because he doesn't age, and it's just always his new son. I don't know how that works. You know how how that would work out, but I guess it kind of makes makes that I work think, somehow. I think for me, bit. if we had to, if we had to focus on three characters, obviously it has to be Cersei and Icarus for one. I don't. Yeah. I mean, other than the twist of Sprite having a love for Icarus and jealousy over Cersei, I don't think I would have focused on her as much. I think I would have yeah, had Jurig come out a little bit more because I find that his is separate because he's the only one that, other than um, Bastos and uh, the 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 Flash, I, I, I never caught her name. Macari. Macari. Um, yeah. Other than those two, they're the only ones that like he's the only one that actually actively separates from the Eternals on his own terms. Like he's like, I'm actually mm. going to separate, right? Which is a yeah. big thing to do. So they don't, and they don't really, it's just like, obviously they go and see him and it's one of the longer ones where they kind of reunite. But mm-hmm. obviously Fastos is just like, I have a family now. And then Makari's like, I've just been waiting. So there, there is so many of like these, like getting the boys back together scenes that they have. They, they should have, if they wanted to do something like this, they need to do it all in the first act because agree, you need yeah. to have, you need to have that coming together and then that falling apart for the second act and then that coming back together for the third act. Obviously, that's how all movies pretty much work. Yes, that's that, that, but it's a successful formula yeah. that works. Yeah, um, I, I do agree with you there. And that, then it comes back to like cutting back and forth. I feel like you should have an intro, maybe 10, maybe a max 15 minutes where you just show them through time, uh, show them going through time as a family, falling out. Then you introduce like a present day thing with them again um, instead of like intercutting it with with past uh oh yeah uh rows that they had 
because then it feels more impactful because they are like they, they just had a falling out and then you focus on what's actually at stake right now instead of what was what happened hundreds of hundreds of years ago because like a lot of the time it's just like oh yeah i know this character i know how you behave and it's the fa family dynamic they know each other very well but they don't really bank on that in any sort of way that, that leads anywhere they just like reference to like oh yeah that's why you are mad and that's why you're this way because you did that one time or you said that one time and that's just it's just boring it's a boring approach to uh, giving these characters any depth so let me ask you then, re-edit yeah. this movie for me right now. Like how okay. would you how would you how would you approach this movie? Now you have to tell the exact same story. How would you put it together? And then I'll do my one. First up, we cast <laughs> Jared <sex>. Leto <laughs> as Morbius. And he's in it. He's the big okay. bad guy, actually. Okay. Yeah. The review bombing has has ended. They they He don't just touch goes it. No, it, it, look, no, he saves the day because at the end of uh, at the end of the movie, uh, cutting uh, right to uh, right to the end is yep. him Going back and forth in 30 seconds to Mars creates enough energy yep. for the celestial oh, wow. being born without the Earth being destroyed. That's how we solve the issue. Yep. Wow. Wow. And, and well, I guess he's not Morbius. He's, he's literally the person, method actor, method actor uh, Jared Leto in this film. But no, I would definitely just have an intro bit of 15 minutes that introduces these characters uh, throughout time. It could be like really fun as well. It can be quippy. Towards the end of that sequence, we built to maybe hardship of like how humanity is flawed. They have varying different opinions on it like some believe that no these uh they should all die obviously you get maybe already a slight hint that there's something going on that uh, a character or two uh knows more about what uh, the actual mission is and um you can be cryptic about who sent them there at the start you know that's what we also don't get in the original movie and then um you uh focus more on maybe um their their separate lives you cut out kit harrington entirely i feel like he's only just there to have a setup for a future character that he's he's going to be later on he's just there for the post credit scene uh we don't need that whole dynamic although it brings some funny moments we don't need that the deviants uh, and the celestials uh arrive at a point a bit faster where maybe one or two of the less important ones um die i feel like mm -hmm. if uh if druid ends at uh, druid ends up dying and he also ha like starts to harness his power i feel like mm. that would be a really interesting road to 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 go down when it's like if something quote-unquote evil uh possesses humans um and i feel like what i would also explore more is uh you just uh, talked about re-editing huh you didn't talk about like actually changing the movie no no, no you can change the movie sorry okay, you can, okay, okay, you can. Yeah. like 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 okay as much as we love Chloe Zhao, she's, she's decided, hey, I can't do this movie. She's done a lot of pre-production work and you're yeah. now there to, to, to go, okay, cool. This is, we're going to cut this, do this, and then you, this is your movie now. I would just stare at Richard Madden for like 15 minutes. It was very funny because... <laughs> Assert your dominance. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> no, I didn't know I meant in, in a lustful way, not in a, oh, right, okay. in a lustful, creepy way. No, because I was, I was in the cinema watching this and there was a group of uh, young women, I guess it's just a group of women behind me. When he came on screen alongside Kit Harrington, one of them went like, "Oh God, he's so fucking hot." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I guess you don't need more from this. It's all good." Uh, I do think that they could focus more on the dilemma of, of what their actual purpose is and their existence. I feel like they do contemplate that in in this movie, but I feel like focusing on that earlier on and then less focusing on which group you reside on on what to do mm. is more a character piece, and that's. Because I'm a sucker for drama, that's what I would ultimately be interested in. These beings that, uh, like, casting the whole, like, we got to save the world because it's ending in the background. And for, I guess, them being maybe more selfish and not as less selfless and more focused on, uh, uh, yeah, their, their own existence and what that means in a cosmic term of ways. Because, like, it all, always we need to 
always connected back to us humans being special and uh, us deserving to live because we're so different. And for these celestial beings or like for these et uh, eternal beings, the eternals, why would that be the case? Only it, it's, it's just because they've lived here for a long time. But then it turns out they have also done that countless other times before. So why is it different now? And what does it mean to them? Um, and why is it different? You know, you could also explore like different worlds uh, and mm. you wouldn't have to just be on Earth. But it would just be way more cosmic and way bigger than the MCU needs right now. They just need like the new uh, Earth's new heroes in a sense, in the cosmic term of ways that they're like still connected to Earth. Uh, okay, that was a really messy <laughs> re-edit and re-pitch because I, I was not prepared for you to ask me that question. But uh -huh. uh, let's, let's hear yours. Let's hear yours. How would All you? right, same idea, okay? Fifth, 10, 15 minutes with narration, mm -hmm. okay? With narration. And essentially, it's the introduction of the Eternals and each of them and how they came to their names, all right? So I'm having yeah. flashbacks of, of, of the Pantheon and Athena gets her name and then it's going to be like, it just that like each character has its like their like suit up moment, essentially, where they, how they get their name, one of the stories attached to it, and they become that legend. And obviously, we go through all of them. Icarus flies too close to the sun, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. We get to uh Cersei and you know her we show the love romance and we still have the sex scene because I still want to have the first sex scene in the MCU <laughs> and then it cuts to modern day and we think that they're going to be together but it's actually her and Kit Harrington and then a different we guy have from Game a of different Thrones. guy from Game of Thrones and then essentially uh we follow like a little bit of life now okay we have like mm -hmm. a little bit of what life is like and then we have the whole deviant attack and mm. we have Richard Madden. So Sprite isn't with, with, with Cersei, okay? So Cersei's yep. all by her lonesome. We have Richard Madden, um, Sprite, and I think we should also have, um, or who else would I have? I'd probably have, um, uh, oh, I forgot her name again, uh, The Flash. <laughs> uh, them all together, Makari, together. Yep. And they are like, hey, we have to get the team back together. And essentially yeah. it's like Richard Madden has already tried to get the team back together, blah, 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 to do, to like, obviously, because we still, I'm still going to have his side plot where he killed, um, gosh, it's not even her name who's coming to me right now. Ajak. Uh, Ajak. Ajak. Yeah. Still killed Ajak. We don't, that's going to be revealed later though. Mm -hmm. Team back together. Uh, you know, they're on their way to Bollywood. You have that little Bollywood scene, which is still kind of cute. I'd probably keep that scene. And then yeah. you have a quick scene with, uh, Angelina Jolie and um, and Gilgamesh, and mm. then you have one last one with Jewett, and I still think there should be a big battle there between them all. And then the last yeah. one you've got to do is is um, Fastos, and obviously that's when they get back to the main ship, and that's when we enter like that's probably like the midway point of the film where yeah. they would have like a big battle, blah blah blah. And I think that in one in one scene before that happens, like in that battle scene. Uh, two of them are killed. I reckon I, I, I would have killed Sprite because killing a child on screen is the most terrifying thing ever. And I think everyone would get behind a villain. Like everyone would hate a villain that kills a child. And yeah. I think also kills Gilgamesh as well. So you get the power mm -hmm. of illusions. So that would be pretty dope, right? Right. Yeah. Illusion power as the villain and also super yep. strength. Like like fisty, like a uh, wool. I was going to say he can fist really hard, but I'm not going to say that. Um, uh, fisties. All right. That's, that's the second, that's like, that's getting to the second act where they have a big breakdown and they find out that Richard Madden has um, betrayed them. All right. 
And then you yeah. have a final last act of them fighting the intelligent deviant and and Richard Madden's uh, Icarus, and they all have to come together. Uh, Pringo comes back because he's not a fucking bitch. He realizes that there's nothing more important than family. Um, yeah, Kingo for the win. And you pretty much have the exact same end battle, but with one more person. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the hive mind thing come together. And then, yeah. And then my end credit scene would actually show Blade, not just hint Blade. <laughs> I was about to say, do we still get Harry Styles in your movie? <laughs> I realize how similar my film is to the actual film itself. Yeah. But I feel like, like having, it doing less, having it less choppy would definitely improve this film. Yeah. But I guess who cares? The critics are the only ones who hate it. Audiences love it. It's they do? Like I 80... don't think... What do you mean? On Rotten Tomatoes, we've got like 80%. It's the 46. It's like half the critics. But we're going from 5,000 verified ratings from audiences versus 336 rotten reviews from fucking yeah. critics, but it's right? The thing is, is the audience score ever bad? For I feel like it's it's still pretty low for MCU. But I, I didn't know. I thought, it was, um, I thought it was also the audience score that was bad. Okay. Well, okay. That changes my opinion on it slightly. Because like they are definitely doing a sequel for this. It's been in the world. Oh, for right? sure. I, I would yeah, be yeah. surprised even if, if this doesn't turn out that the critics love it. That's not what Marvel needs and Disney needs. They can bank on it. Uh, and they are setting up such a huge celestial being that like, I don't know where the MCU is building towards, like because they have the multiverse and with that Khan the Conqueror, but also blanking on the name of this, uh, the huge um, six-eyed or four-eyed thing. I can't remember how many eyes he has, but that huge uh, galactic, galactus-like creature. Um, their boss, basically. Uh, I don't know if they're boss building baby? towards. <laughs> no, are you talking about Sprite? Boss, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know where they're building towards. Maybe if they're being bold and brave, uh, maybe they are building towards a split kind of threat where they don't just focus on one big bat for the um for the for the MCU, but more on like so many different big bats uh happening kind of at the same time. That uh, that there's gonna be a lot of like split groups and new Arishim. arrangements. Garishim, okay, that's what he's. Arishim. I I don't know where they're building towards and. Black uh, Widow, two what? hours and thirteen minutes. Yeah, I feel like they're giving too much rein to the directors here, where they don't get rid of the you know the extra stuff, the fat that you have to cut uh, mm. to make these a bit more. I don't know, just that they just have a better pacing and flow a bit better. But I mean, I also appreciate that they are giving this to someone like Chloe Zhao. Uh, but I don't know if it always works. It worked with Taika super well uh, for, for his for Ragnarok. Uh, we'll see for that sequel if it still um, works. You know what's uh, funny? I yeah. think that the, I'm pretty sure this is going to be the three hours, one minute. It's longer than Infinity War. Yeah, second longest apart from Endgame, right? Then? That's crazy. Like it's the second. So yeah, it's the second longest MCU film. Oh my god, I've heard, I've seen so many like lazy memes and jokes about like <laughs> Eternals feels like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. What did you think about those post credits? The first one, Harry Styles looks gorgeous. Um, as always, killed it. Absolutely killed it. I thought Harry Styles was a leprechaun for a hot minute there, and I was trying to stare at him, and I was like, that's not Harry Styles' face. Then Harry Styles walks in. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool, right. The cinema burst out laughing when he appeared on screen. When I was like, no way, what the fuck? Which, I mean, he, he's not a bad actor. He was pretty good in Dunkirk. So, you know, he, he has the acting chops. I think he can do a Marvel flick. Probably. Good. Uh, yeah. And the final one, I mean, I guess, so I didn't know who it exactly was at first, but I kind of 
guessed it when I heard the voice. I was like, you don't want to do that. And for some reason, I just thought, oh, yeah, that, that sounds like Blade. Yeah. And, and it was Blade. Emotional Ali. Yeah. Uh, I, have you watched the, the, the Blade movies? Um, um, not in a while. And I think I, I, I only saw the first two. Perfect way to introduce Morbius. Hmm? Mm-hmm. We want Morbius. More of Morbius. He's a vampire. Wait, when Morbius comes out, we'll do a drunk cast of all three Blade films. Oh, yes. Oh, lock that in. Remind us if we forget that. Definitely. We have to do that. <laughs> a marathon drunk cast. I want to take a shot every time Wesley snipes. Feels like he doesn't want to do a scene. <laughs> is, he like, um, is he like Bruce Willis in these films? No, he's basically like... um, He's a very demanding actor in the Fast and Furious movies. Well, Wesley snipes in Blade is like Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. Right. So he's pushing everyone, you know, his yep. baby boy, The Rock, yep. to, to make a masterpiece, Fast and yep. Furious. The masterpiece. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that the first one, um, is it called the Leprechaun? Is it called Leprechaun, that character? Or the, the one that first comes on screen? <laughs> I have no idea. As like, I feel like he's the one who, who opens the teleport, uh, da, 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 who can teleport and open a portal. Um, I, That just looked unfinished. It, it looked terrible. Um, I don't know why they put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope that's not the final look of that character. And then, um, yeah, Harry Styles, great. And then the other scene. Wait, was that pre post credit scenes where they get picked up by God, not Galamesh? That's the character, the the big. No, no, that, that's that's right at the end. They get picked up, and then it goes to the the, the credits. The credits. Okay. Because yeah, he's no, like, for he's some like, reason, like, he's like, he's basically, he's basically, uh, Arnie was like, I'll be back. <laughs> In a sense, he did do that. And I mean, they, they set it up in a way that like even this movie is not conclusive. I don't know. The whole ending didn't really make sense to me because they had like these different plans of how maybe they could put it to sleep, like the new Celestial that's being awakened. And then like, they straight they up it. killed him. And then they just kill him. And I, I don't know. And then they just go back to live their lives and they don't assume there's any repercussions for it. And they're not really prepared for it. There but is it, none. It feels like, yeah. There it, is it no feels, repercussion, repercussions. feels odd. And then they just get uh, kidnapped. We just need like Liam Neeson in his franchise now. And he has like, I don't know. What is it? Like 72 hours? Or what's the movie called? 96 hours? Can't remember. Uh, just Taken. I thought you were like, oh, I thought you were just like, right, referring to Taken. Like he yeah. gets hired by the Celestials to be like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I don't who, know who you are, but I have a very particular <laughs> set of skills. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. They, they just took them away, and I guess they they they'll be on a mission to uh get them back. Um, mm. not entirely sure where that's going. Um, seems like that's just gonna be another almost heist heist uh rescue mission, similar to I guess the first movie. To me, at least, it was like very heisty and uh in the way that it was assembled. Um, again, like it's it's weird, but it, it's similar to the Fast and the Furious in a sense. But obviously not as good. Those movies are massive. Uh, but Lachlan, let's let's round this out and uh, let's talk about our rating. So, where did you arrive at as a rating for Eternals? I am giving it a three and a half stars. Whoa. Okay. So you are quite. Hmm. So you are quite high on it then. Interesting. Out of ten. <laughs> no, nah, out of five. Really? Out of five. No? Out okay. Of five. Out of five. Okay. 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 I'll stick with the out of ten. Uh, it's a five out of ten and two point five out of five. If you wanted to do it that way i guess uh but yeah overall oh, wait, i said I guess 3.5 it... didn't i i'm gonna say two point I, 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 okay that three. makes more sense oh sorry i'm gonna say three <laughs> you are a mess right <laughs> i didn't even know okay so at 3.5 it's a i'm five. sunburnt uh, i'm tired ewan stop asking <laughs> for numbers i can't do numbers right now all right well then 
<laughs> Let's look at the clock. It's tick, tick, boom, a clock. No, that's uh, next week. Oh my God. I want to cut it out so badly, but I, I, no, I'm not redoing that. That's staying in. You got it. I, I said earlier in the show that um, I'm dropping the cringe a bit more. And here you got the cringe. It's your red notice and there's no time to die. That's all for uh, next week. Um, those are the three films that uh, we'll take a look at then. But yeah, that brings us to the end of today's show. Don't forget to leave those five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, helps us out a lot. And uh, yeah, it is really appreciated. Uh, in the meantime, you can join our Discord. Uh, we do raffles and the Roll That Again Film Club over there. You can also join our Patreon. We have different tiers with different benefits. But on the bottom tier, for just one buck a month, you get already heaps of bonus content, including the drunk cast that is going to have the upcoming uh, Blade triple free feature. So uh, yeah. Uh, go on, join. Um, we have commentaries and the drunk cast over there if you are interested. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, set underscore quiet, Instagram, quiet on set podcast, and on Letterboxd, quiet on set. We also have other socials if you're interested for uh, clips over on TikTok, maybe. And um, yeah, you can also follow all of our personal socials linked below. If you want to, you can find myself and Lachlan under our name pretty much everywhere. You know, we are unique that way. I'm Ewan Graf and you are Lachlan Teeley. That is uh, beneficial. To have such such uh, unique names, you know, uh, is is Lachlan Teeley a common name or not? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's what I thought. So yeah, you'll find us. All right. That's a wrap for today. Uh, we'll see you next week with uh, James Bond and uh, Lachlan. Do you have anything else to add to this week's show? Yeah. Uh, since yeah? they reference Batman, which Batman do you think exists in this universe in the MCU? Is it Clooney? Is it Keaton? I feel like there's a sex scene. It's got to be. Gotta be Clooney, you know. Gotta be Clooney. He's got, he's got the nipples. And... What if it's Batfleck? <sighs> Could be Batfleck. Yeah. And then even more importantly, which Alfred is it? Michael Caine, Jeremy Irons. I feel like it's gotta be. <sighs> to me, Michael Caine is just Alfred, and I can't really see anyone else. But uh, Jeremy Irons would be the one that they would go for because he played Scar in The Lion King, and that's my reasoning. It does not make sense, but I'll stick with Jeremy Irons. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. You got you got one as well. Oh, I was gonna say that it's um Andy Circus with uh with Michael Keaton Batman. Sounds like a good combo. I can get yeah, behind that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> bye.